What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner, and I've got a good topic for you guys today. We're going to talk about biofeedback and how to understand different biofeedback markers and what that means. Uh, What is your body trying to communicate with you? How do we pay attention and listen to the intuitive signals that are built in so that we don't put ourselves in a compromised state or risk any sort of metabolic compensation or metabolic adaptations that we don't want to occur. Uh, listening, you know, it's funny because, you know, intuitive eating and listening to your body, and, and we hear these terms thrown around all the time. Not a lot of people actually understand what that means or are able to apply it properly. I think this is one of the biggest disservices that the diet industry um, has created, which is there's such a reliance on data and numbers and not enough um, emphasis on biofeedback and listening to your body and truly understanding, um, you know, when we have these signals, these red flags, these built in uh, kind of processes that tell us everything we need to know. And yet we just live by data. We just live by numbers. We, we go by the scale or we go by measurements and we totally ignore the fact that our bodies are trying to communicate with us on a daily basis. And it's a, and it's a two-way street. You know, Our bodies are very smart, so have to understand that when I hear somebody who's like, you know, oh, I don't understand why my body is like rebelling against me uh, with all this, you know, I have so many cravings and low energy and I can't sleep and what the hell is my body doing? It's like actually your body is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. It's sending a signal based off of what you're communicating with it. So like if you're depriving yourself and you're not eating enough and you're over-exercising and you're just doing hours of cardio and you're on very low calories, yes, that's the signal that you're sending to your body is, hey, uh, we need to preserve energy, and so your body's going to respond by doing what it can to preserve energy, which is lowering metabolic rate, lowering uh, your energy levels. You know, and you're going to see increase in hunger. Uh, you know, basically, your body telling you, "Hey, we need more fuel. We need more nutrients. Uh, go find us something to eat." Uh, so, I wanted to provide a little bit of context before we just jump right in. Because I actually made a post about the number one metric that most people should be using that the diet industry significantly overlooks. And it's, it's intentional, right? Because when you understand that the diet industry is an $80 billion uh, industry for a reason, it's because people continue down the path of perpetual dieting, which allows them to continue to make more and more money. So every time you fail a diet, you start over and you pay more money for a new diet. And this is the cycle that most people find themselves in. Uh, this is the cycle that I lived for nearly a decade and you know, trying program after program. Uh, so the, the interesting thing is that we often look at these metrics like, uh, like scale weight and measurements and even biofeedback and we often use those metrics to determine the success or the effectiveness of the protocol that we're on. The most important metric is what I call the real life metric, which is how does this hold up in real life scenarios? Because anybody can take a program and apply it temporarily. Again, this is what most people do. They jump onto a program that has a preset 
predetermined way of doing things, right? You sign up for a program and immediately it's like, hey, this is our way of doing things. Just follow our rules and you'll be fine. The problem is that most of the time, those rules don't hold up to the real life metric, which is another way of saying that it's hard for you to stay consistent in your real life based off of somebody else's rules. So an example is I had somebody who reached out to me, sent me a message and was asking about keto and she wanted to try keto. And normally what I do is just ask a bunch of questions in return because I want the individual to come up with their own conclusion. I never want to just say like, no, that's stupid. Like you shouldn't do that uh, because context is important. You know, if somebody comes to me and I start asking questions and it does make sense, like I don't want to just be completely closed minded to different, you know, options. So I asked a bunch of questions, you know, she was trying to lose some fat, thought that keto would be the way to do it, you know, wasn't too concerned about really being able to stay consistent. Although there were some red flags about her lifestyle and that she loved to enjoy a glass of wine on occasion and also like to enjoy pizza on occasion. So, uh, you know, ultimately it was her decision. She decided to give it a try. Uh, She reached back out to me several weeks later and was super pleased with her results. She sent me progress pictures. um, And I knew, unfortunately, how this was going to end because of the fact that when we talked about the sustainability factor, she was like, you know, I really miss my wine. I really miss having pizza. And I also have been like daydreaming about bread. Like it's when we start to see the psychological side of things, um, then we know that we're probably doing something that's unsustainable. Once we start, you know, really, um, you know, having these obsessive thoughts about food, that is a clear red flag. Uh, so, you know, I, kind of offered some some suggestions and you know voiced my um, just wanted to get her like thinking critically about this and she was like you know what I, I really love these results so I'm just gonna power through for a little bit longer and then I'm gonna reverse out or you know or change it up and try to do something more sustainable um, unfortunately the next time I heard from her uh, she had gained everything back she had gone uh, on a complete binge uh, started eating you know she had just like I think it was at a restaurant. Uh, she had a piece of bread and then that just, you know, the wheels fell off after that. And she tried to get back on keto and then binged again and then was on this pattern of restricting and binging and gaining weight. And um, that led her to, to reach out and actually um, join our coaching. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that the program, the protocol did not hold up to the real life metric, which is we could assess what her real life looks like and what her, what her, um, you know, her ideal scenario in her life. Like, remember, nutrition is supposed to complement your life. It should not be an added stress to your life. And sometimes that gets overlooked. So if we look at what's the lifestyle that you want to live, does this align with that? And it was pretty obvious uh, that it did not. But again, sometimes the best lesson is learned through experience. So she went through it. She learned the hard way. And now she knows, you know, what we've been able to accomplish through always coming back to how does this fit within your lifestyle? Does this feel sustainable? Um, Does this allow you to enjoy your glass of wine, your pizza when you want it? And now she's made a ton of progress and done it in a way that's sustainable. But the point of providing that backstory is, Outside of biofeedback, outside of scale data, outside of you know measurements, pictures, those can all provide insight. 
But at the end of the day, if it's not sustainable, if it doesn't fit within your lifestyle, then it's not going to last. So none of that data matters until we first apply the real life metric. Um, Are you able to integrate this within your lifestyle in a way that actually feels in alignment, that actually works with the things that you enjoy doing? We don't want to sacrifice all of our enjoyment just for the sake of following a nutrition program. And again, I think this is the biggest disservice in the diet industry. So when we look at biofeedback, again, uh, you know, this is something that not a lot of people talk about, although more coaches uh, fortunately, more coaches are starting to use this and, and, and you know, add this tool in their toolbox because it's super important. Again, if you, were to, if you were to sign up for like a basic diet program, whatever that may be, I don't know, um, any sort of like app or template or meal plan or you know, anything that's just kind of automated or, or very um, based off of like algorithms and data, what you would probably see is that they're not going to ask you very many questions about biofeedback. When we talk about biofeedback, we're talking about your hunger, we're talking about your cravings, your energy levels, your sleep quality, your mood, your digestion, your stress, your sex drive, right? Basically things that your body is going to tell us that allow us to know if there are any red flags or if we're headed on the right track. So when things are going well, like let's say that you're tr- you have a fat loss goal and so we cut calories a little bit, we have to be in a calorie deficit so we know we're eating a little bit less, um, you know, we're, we're doing things with let's just say three to four times a week of strength training, uh, we're getting 10,000 steps per day, everything seems pretty good. Um, when we assess that, all right, let's look at what's going on with the scale all right, scale's moving down. That's great. Let's assess what's going down with what's going on with measurements, pictures. All things are looking good, but now we start to notice that cravings are hitting hard, energy levels are tanking, um, your strength in the gym is significantly lower, your you know stress is higher, your mood. Like one of the the funny things about it, it's not really funny, but as far as like a red flag when it comes to dieting. If you are easily irritable or if you have these like really high highs and really low lows so you can like be, you know, I'm feeling good today and then like an hour later, you're like, this is the worst day of my life. Like this this emotional roller coaster, that can be another red flag. Or if your sex drive goes down, if you're, you know, just there's there's just these red flags that, hey, we're we really your body is sending a signal that this, you know, we're starting to approach some metabolic compensation or metabolic adaptations that we do not want to occur. Because if we just power through some of those things, and and there's levels to this, right? But if we just power through some of those red flags, we're putting ourselves in a compromised state where the the long-term implications might be too much to overcome. It's going to make the path a lot more difficult. Um, one of the best quotes that I've ever heard in respect to this, and, and it wasn't actually used in in this exact context, but it was um, the if you refuse to accept an uncomfortable truth, you're accepting an uncomfortable future. So basically, by by ignoring your body, like it might be uncomfortable when. You're making progress, you're seeing fat loss and you're getting the results that you want, but now your body's telling you like, "Uh uh-uh, we have to get out of this deficit, we have to get back to maintenance, we have to normalize things and you're like, wait a minute, I'm seeing progress, I want to keep going. That's an uncomfortable truth. 
If you ignore that, you're setting yourself up for an uncomfortable future because your body will always win. Those signals will get louder and louder. And at some point, you're going to do something that you know, has long-term implications, whether that's, you know, Im- you know, impacting your thyroid, impacting your hormonal profile in- impacting your mindset or the psychology. So you start to develop, uh, you know, disordered eating habits or an obsessive uh, relationship with food or your body. Uh, there can be some long-term damage when we just ignore those signals. Now, having said that, there will be times where, you know, we listen to biofeedback and it's, you will have hunger if the pursuit if your goal is fat loss like there's going to be hunger so there's always a balance right so on the one hand excessive hunger and like obsessive thoughts about food and you know you're like i'm daydreaming about bread right that's a clear red flag a little bit of hunger or you know just feeling like yeah i could eat right now i'm hungry uh, that's not an emergency signal. In fact, I think there's on the flip side of that, there's people who feel a little bit of hunger and they jump like immediately to start eating right away. Whereas there's actually a lot of value to just sitting with that feeling of hunger and just, you know, understanding what it feels like. I think that in our, in the kind of craziness of our day to day life, we sometimes lose sight of what hunger actually feels like. Because uh, we're constantly moving or we're stressed or whatever, and we don't actually sit with that feeling and like, okay, this is what hunger feels like. And I'm actually going to be just fine if I don't rush and down a meal real quick. But <clears throat> sitting with it and saying, you know, it helps you to differentiate between am I actually hungry or am I just thirsty or am I just bored or is it stress? Like, what is, where is this coming from? So there's, there's two sides to that. There's the one side of, you know, if we're noticing, intense hunger consistently, that's a red flag. If we're notice if we're just feeling a little bit of hunger and immediately rushing to eat some food, like that's also not the best approach. So there has to be a little bit of a balance, just like everything. Um, the point is that we need to understand what our body is communicating and then how to, you know, when we hear those signals, what do we actually do about it? So when you are dieting, and I can use myself as an example because I'm in the middle of a uh, significant cut. I have a photo shoot that's about a little over two weeks out. So I'm on pretty low calories. And this is like the home stretch, right? Like I've got just over, let's see, I'm recording this on the 11th. The photo shoot is on the 26th. So a little over two weeks, right? Tomorrow will be exactly two weeks. This is the home stretch. Like I don't have really any room for error at this point. And keep in mind that I'm pursuing more of an extreme goal. Like this is not for me to just be lifestyle lean. This is for me to get leaner than I walk around at just because I'm doing a photo shoot. So I have this goal. I know I'm committed to this goal and I'm going to do what I need to do. So I'm hungry, right? I'm hungry every day. Um, that comes with the territory. I, and I'm able to sit with that feeling and realize that it's not, it's not crazy. I'm not having intense cravings. I'm not daydreaming and obsessing about food. Um, but there are some signs that like my body is starting to, to not be happy with what I'm putting it through. Uh, my energy levels are definitely lower. I, I'm certainly not as sharp mentally, so I have a little bit more brain fog, um, just not as on top of my game. Uh, I am definitely not as strong when I'm working out. Like I'm getting through my workouts and I'm trying to keep my weights at a certain point um, to keep my strength and to hold on to muscle, 
but it's a, it's a struggle. It's a challenge. And, you know, my sleep definitely has been impacted, not to the point where it's a red flag, but just the fact that I'm not getting as much and, and as high quality sleep as I normally do. And the one thing that's super obvious is I am absolutely way more easily irritable. So my mood, and I'm sure that my girlfriend would be like, if she was here right now, would be nodding along furiously because she probably has to deal, you know, she's the one that has to deal with it the most. Um, but I absolutely have a shorter temper. Um, not like I snap, but it's just like little things that normally don't get to me are like quickly making me grumpy. And that's just, it comes with the territory. None of these things have gotten to the point where um, myself or my coach, a little you know, sidebar here, you should probably have a coach because we're so subjective when it comes to ourselves, which is why we consistently ignore what our bodies are telling us. So when I get to, you know, I can sit and, and think about, you know, all the stuff that I'm feeling and try and assess it myself, but to have an objective set of eyes to be like, yeah, bro, you obviously missed this. Like, listen, like here, the writing's on the wall, right? Like it's, it's hard to read the bottle, the label when you're inside the bottle. It's hard to see the picture when you're inside the frame, whatever analogy you want to throw at it. It just helps to have somebody else looking at these things to keep you accountable and to keep things in check. Because again, we're talking about our health. Uh, you know, trying to change body composition is not an easy thing, especially when you have more extreme goals. Like you want to get leaner. Um, let's say you are doing something like a photo shoot, like I'm doing. But so I'm at the point right now, personally, where myself and my coach, we haven't felt like the red flags or the signals are loud enough to warrant any sort of dramatic change. And again, this is not something that I would recommend, like as far as just lifestyle type of stuff to deal with. Um, if I were coaching one of my clients who were who was reporting some of the stuff that I'm reporting, I absolutely would implement you know back to back refeeds or just a diet break for a week because there's no deadline, right? If we're we're talking about for life, which is the mindset that you should be on, I'm in this for life. We should be not dieting more often than we are dieting. So there's no reason to say, oh, I have to just push through this. Why? Unless you have like a wedding or, you know, again, something you have a deadline in mind for a specific goal and a specific reason that there's no there's no logical explanation to put yourself through something like that. Um, so with that said, I'm at the point now where it's just, you know, the signals are there, but they're not intense enough for me to be like, uh oh, I really need to make a change again. It's two weeks. I'm, I'm you know, almost at the finish line and uh, I've, I'm noticing a lot of, you know, again, with the lack of energy, the hunger, um, I haven't had intense cravings, which is good. I've noticed it with my mood and, and I've noticed it with my sex drive, although my girlfriend might disagree with that because, you know, we still got to get it in. So uh, <laughs> I know she doesn't listen to the show, so I'm safe here unless any of you who know her are going to go and tell her. But yes, you know, it still needs to happen However, I just noticed from my side of things, I'm just not like I don't have the normal sex drive that I that I would. So that 
again, comes with the territory. Once I start to eat, I know once I start to restore homeostasis, all of these things will come back. Sex, sex drive will improve. My mood will be more stable. Uh, my energy will be back. My strength will feel better. My recovery, my sleep will get better. I won't be as hungry. Uh, there will be like a little bit of an adjustment period because it's not like all of a sudden you eat one meal or one day at maintenance and your body's like, okay, phew, we're done. Because remember, it's about averages over time. Like these signals don't happen overnight. It's over time. So probably within one to two weeks, I'll start feeling back to myself. And because I like to have a more flexible lifestyle, I like to enjoy myself. I like to be social. I like to, I, I love food. Like I'm a foodie at heart. So immediately after my photo shoot, I'm probably going to have a burger and some ice cream and whatever I want. And then I'm going to quickly get calories back up to maintenance. And I'd rather have a lot more room to work with, be more flexible. Um, so the point is that when we're going through these this process and we are trying to actively lose body fat, which again, we're, we're basically telling our bodies like we're putting you under an additional stress. We're moving away from homeostasis. So your body is going to send signals. You are going to experience hunger. And if you ignore that long enough, your body's going to win. It's important to pay attention. So like, again, just to highlight the main biofeedback markers that are worth monitoring, pay attention to your hunger, pay attention to your cravings, pay attention to your mood, your energy levels, your sleep quality, your stress, um, you know, understand what your body is communicating with you and actually listen. And I cannot recommend it enough to have an objective set of eyes to help you understand those signals because there's patterns, you know, there's, there's things that an experienced coach will point out. Um, this is something that we have to walk all of our clients through because a lot of people have been dieting for so long that they don't actually know what normal feels like. Um, you know, again, another major red flag that we see all the time is a chronic dieter who actually doesn't feel hunger. So they're eating like a thousand or twelve hundred calories a day, and they're not hungry. That's also a major red flag that some serious metabolic compensation or metabolic adaptations have occurred, and we really need to restore homeostasis. We need to rebuild uh, that metabolism and get that person feeling good again. And, and typically, what we hear, like the most common phrase, is "I didn't realize how shitty I felt until I actually felt better." So it was like anytime we would check in, they'd be like, no, I feel fine. I'm not hungry. And then, you know, once because we've seen this so many times before, once we get that person to a place where they're actually feeling good, they're like, wow, I can't believe I live. I was operating like that. I can't believe I was able to function. Uh, it's just it's a world of difference. But that's why it's so important to important to start paying attention to these things. Pay attention to what your body is communicating with you. Don't just be a data slave. Like the the people that that are married to the data, look, data is important. It it helps show trends, but when you're married to the data, you lose sight of what actually matters. It's like, oh well, the scale is going down, so I'm just gonna keep riding it out, even though I'm like obsessed with food and I have intense cravings and I have no energy and I can't sleep and I'm stressed out of my mind, but who cares? The data is moving in the right direction. Like I promise you that will not last. I promise you that your body will win in the end and you're going to have to go through a longer process of recovery before your body will respond again. And 
the worse that you, you put yourself through, like the longer you put yourself through that, the longer the road to recovery and the quicker your body's going to adapt the next time you try to diet. This is another thing we see frequently. All of a sudden you go back into a deficit, right? You've been, let's say you restore maintenance, you, you're feeling good again, biofeedback is solid. You go back into a deficit and it's like two to three weeks, your body adapted and now you're right back in having to reverse again without making much progress. So keep that in mind when you ignore that uncomfortable truth, you're setting yourself up for an uncomfortable future. Now, uh, it is you know manageable because we just have to take more time and really send that message to your body that everything's okay, that it's not under any sort of threat. At the end of the day, your body's trying to keep you alive. All of these different signals, it's, it's survival. It's a survival mechanism. It's you know to keep us alive. That's what our bodies are built to do. That's why they're so adaptive by nature. So it's not, your body's not rebelling against you. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. And we have to listen. It's this two-way conversation. You know, Think about when you're doing a certain protocol, just think in terms of like, what is the signal that I'm sending to my body right now? And then when you're listening, like what is the signal that my body is sending to me? If you just keep an open mind about that and have an objective set of eyes to look through that process with you, it changes everything. It just becomes so simple. It's, it's literally not that complicated. Um, I think we make it more complicated than it needs to be. Honestly, I think the majority, um, the biggest reason for that is just because of the marketing and the diet industry. It's, it's unfortunate. It's ingrained in us. We hear it from like the time we're freaking born until you know we spend decades and decades going through this, you know, getting that same message uh, force fed to us over and over again. No wonder we have these you know skewed thoughts around nutrition and um, these you know this this mindset around dieting, which is uh, so unhealthy. And it and it takes you know it takes repair and it takes recovery and it takes doing it the wrong way seventeen times before you you finally figure things out. Um, it's, it's a sad truth, but it's worth it to figure things out and do it the right way. It's worth it to know how to listen to your body, to understand what those signals mean, understand what your biofeedback means, um, and, and just pay attention, just tune in. Remember that you know, your, your body's very smart and your body's always going to win. So just remember those things. Um, as a side note, if you have any topics that you want me to discuss, please feel free to message me because this whole conversation, um, somebody actually had messaged me based off of my real life metric post and was like, hey, could you elaborate on biofeedback? I saw you mentioned in this post and I was like, cool, I'll do a whole podcast on it. So um, I'm always trying to find out like what you actually want to hear about and then provide relevant content around it. So um, as always, if you enjoy the episodes, please share them. Please post them to your stories. Tag me on Instagram. Um, DM me with anything that you want me to hear. Any guests. I actually have some guests lined up. Um, I know that it's been a little while, but with the move and not having really a good place to record, that has been a little bit of a challenge. Not an excuse, just a challenge, but we're going to make it work. Um, I'm, I'm super excited for some of the upcoming interviews, and uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in, and I will talk to you very soon.